episode 18 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. It's Mike bringing you in today, and of course, I'm with my student, my pupil, my brother <laughs> Anthony. Eth, how are you, buddy? That's payback for the sidekick comment last week. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> you sly dog. You sly dog. Yeah, thank you. Um, yep, that's Anthony here on the other end, guys. Eth, fun week of hockey this week, eh? Great, great week of hockey. Lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. And the stars shined. We had a lot of them in our players of the night. So let's get right to it. Wait, hold on. I, I haven't I haven't even seen you this weekend. How, how was your weekend? Oh, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was, it was not very eventful. I mean, I watched that fight last night, McGregor and, and Cowboy. Did you? I did. I did watch it. I was, I was gearing up for like, I was like, oh, here we go. Nice long fight. And then it's over. Yeah, but it was it was still exciting. Yeah, it's always exciting the whole the whole build up to it, and then even just seeing how how it ends. Yeah, and then we have another pay per view coming up too, Kachuk versus Cassie on January twenty ninth. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be ordering that one for sure. <laughs> they should put that on pay per view. Honestly, people would that the viewership of that game is going to be massive. It is. It and and the NHL always shits on. This kind of stuff, the violence and shit like that. But man, just wait and see how many people tune in to see what happens between between Cassian and Kachuk. Do you think anything will happen? Yeah, yeah, I think something's. Gonna, I think something's gonna happen. I think Cassian might take a run at Kachuk. I don't know. I think if he pisses him off enough, I, I don't know if Kachuk will fight him because let's be honest, Kachuk would probably be stupid to fight him. But maybe someone steps in for him, and Cassian does. Does Chuck Knox with someone? There are a few guys on each team that can fight. So, I mean, if you got Pims in your league and you need some. Oh, you, you look you look at that game. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of guys there. Like Lucic, maybe he decides to show up and fight. Like Lucic, Cassian, that would be a brawl. Remember back in the day, Mike, when we had Pims in our league still? I, trying to pick a fight oh, from yeah. a game? Yeah, yeah, that there's still leagues out there that have pims, so that's a good game to look at. Yeah, I would say that there's not too many leagues now that still have them. No, they shouldn't. Pims and plus minus should be phased out of your league if you have it in there. Yeah. Okay, can we get to the players of the night now, or do you still want to chit chat? Well, how, how's your uh, how's the wife? <laughs> <laughs> She's good. How's married life? Married life is good. Do we really need to include this? Am I get personal? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. Players of the night this week. In order, we had UC Soros, Artemi Panarin, Austin Matthews, Zach Smith, Alex Ovechkin, Anthony Sorelli, and last night, Elvis Mers Lincolns. Elvis. Where did Elvis come from? Oh, man. Elvis is back in the building. He ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, forget this, that part. Just I hope everybody uh, muted their their uh, podcast. No, for that. Yeah, that's you. You're not taking that out. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Anyway, man, Merz Lincoln's three shutties in his last four starts. This this stat is bonkers, Mike. His last 136 shots face, he stopped 134. That's wild. That is wild. Columbus is in a playoff spot right now, I think. Yeah, they are. 
Hell, man. He had his second straight shutout on Tuesday, I believe it was. He shut out two great teams back-to-back in Boston and Vegas. And, uh, man, Tuesday Tuesday was a great night of hockey. Oh, man. We had, like, if you weren't able to watch any of these games, man, the highlight show was just packed with just everything you needed to see. Yeah. Crosby returned. Crosby returned Tuesday. Matthews had a Hattie. His first since his debut, his four-goal debut. I thought that was crazy. Um, Him and Blake Coleman actually had dueling hat-tricks in that game. Forsberg is the second player to score the lacrosse-style goal. Mm -hmm. Eichel had a beauty goal that night. Uh, And then Hellebuck also had a shutty. It was a sick night. Yeah, that, that Forsberg goal. Wait, you think his, that was the Forsberg goal nicer than either of Sveshnikov's? Yeah, the the like Svetches were nice, but I don't know, just the way he picked it up on his toe like that, like the whole yeah, the fluidity the of yeah, he sort of got lucky because like he he put it. Well, Smith through. almost had it. Yeah, that's why. Like it looked like Smith was. He, Smith probably thought he I got him here, and he then did, it just yeah. it sort of hit him, Smith and went in. That was that it, was a, g- a great night. Yeah, think about that. It, it actually would have been nicer if he just swung around straight into the net. Yeah, Smith didn't know what was going on, but yeah, it's okay. He still gets credit for scoring a goal like that, and we're going to keep seeing that. It's crazy. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll see one tonight probably. <laughs> yeah, tonight. <laughs> okay, so yeah, back to Elvis. Like When Corpus Allo comes back, what do you think happens? Uh, he's the starter. Merzlik- Merzlikens is the starter now. Like Torts is probably just loving this guy, taking his taking him off to dinner with the family. <laughs> bring bring the cousins. It's it's funny because he was not a Merzlikens fan earlier in the year, and now he's come up and he's just been a champ. He's gotten his opportunities. The guy, but Corpus Allo was good before he got hurt. Eh? So I wouldn't say like it's Elvis's net. I think there it's really going to be a tandem and. The better performing goalie will get more starts. That's, that's all. Okay, yeah, that, that's a fair. That's a fair way to look at it. But I just you just based on how he's looked, I think he's arrived. Like he's found his groove in the NHL. And think about the confidence this guy must have right now. He stopped forty one shots last night for another shutout. Yeah, is Columbus for real now? Like, uh, what is this team doing? I don't know, but it's it's pretty awesome to see. I would love to see them get in. Yeah, would you? I don't know. What, you think they're just going to get dummied in the first round? They're, okay, your uh, roster's not. not good enough for the playoffs. Maybe we're going to see them sweep whoever they play. Like, who, how can you not be afraid of them if you play them, you know? After what they did last year? Well, yeah, no no team will take them lightly. No, no, that's for sure. Okay, moving along. Um, UC Soros was another goalie who got player of the night. He had a shutout on, I believe, last Sunday. So closing out last week. Shutouts on Sundays are money because they can completely flip a matchup if you're in a head-to-head league. I mean, I, I guess we, what we can say, he's had a bad year up to now. He really hasn't performed the way Nashville was hoping, eventually moving into that Pekka Rene number one role because Rene has been faltering a bit this year. So yeah, both goalies have been good, but Saros, Shuddy. Well, this sort of takes us back to the conversation about the coaching with Laviolette being fired and Hines being hired. And they've been okay under John Hines. They're 3-3. Three and 3-2 three. Three and two if you don't count that first game the day he was hired. But still having trouble scoring. So I don't know if we're, we're going to see that turnaround. Or is it still too early, Mike? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've been kind of turned off of this team. Maybe it has to do with my little Forsberg rant, who's still not on the power play, by the way. Top power play. But anyway. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of turned off this team right now. I need to see more out of out of Nashville and Hines. And do I still think they're gonna make the playoffs? Oof. I'm gonna stick to my guns and say yes. But I don't know. They're really they're more boring than they were before Laviolette. So yeah, if they're gonna make the playoffs, they have some serious work to do. Just because there's so many teams for them to hop over. I think they're six points out right now. I'm just pulling it up here. Yeah, they're six points out of the second wild card with a few teams to hop. So, like, that that right there, we know the parity of the league. That's going to take, like, a six-game winning streak, say, just to get right back in the, the thick of things. Yeah, and they got to hop, like, all of those Pacific teams who are just, if you're not first, you're in the wild card, which is absolutely insane, that Pacific division. Yeah, so let's run, I'm going to run this down right now. The top five teams in order, Vancouver... Vancouver is in first place with 58 points. And then you have Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, and Arizona tied at 57. That's amazing. From the All-Star break on, this is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's a dogfight. Like, you literally have to scoreboard watch. If you're a fan of those teams, you scoreboard watch every single night because things are going to change, like, on a dime. It's nuts. Yeah, that's so cool. Give us your pick right now, Mike. Let's hear it. Who wins the division of those five teams? I got to go with Vegas. I just think they're the best team. So You think, you think if, Pete DeBoer is going to turn things around? Yeah, but is it really turning things around? Like they're tied No, yeah, like, you're right. You're right. It, it, it's, if it just status quo, they might be fine. Yeah, so I don't know. I got Vegas, Arizona, Vancouver. Some order of that. I like I like them. Ooh. Who do you got? Man, I don't, that is tough. I, I, I don't know. It's like I'll stick to my guns too and say Vegas because they were my pick before the season started. So, but yeah, we got to get into that Gallant firing and DeBoer hiring. Yeah, a bit of a funny one there. That's um, I don't know what brought about that change. Like, did they really think their team was underperforming with Gallant? Like, I guess to a certain extent they were, but I I don't know. That's a weird one. Yeah, I I'd say underperforming a bit, a little bit, but. I mean, at the same time, you're three points out of first place in your division. And, like, not only that, look at look at the guy's body of work. Stanley Cup Finals in their expansion year and then back to the playoffs and and screwed out of making it to the second round and who knows where from that point because they, they should have won that game seven against San Jose, right? Yeah, like, you think a coach that has done that for your organization would have a little bit of rope, but... Getting fired when he did was weird. Like it just smells of something. But yeah, it, maybe the, yeah, maybe there's something more. And then and not only that, you hire the guy who like the players don't like, and then Gallant himself doesn't like DeBoer. Remember when he called him a goof or something in the playoffs? Yeah, it's clown. It's, yeah, it's 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 a fishy one. But it honestly, it doesn't really seem like it's you know one of those kind of issues that we've had with the coaches earlier in the year getting fired for like misconduct because apparently he wants to get right back on his feet so that just seems like a dumb decision coming from the owner yeah and and fantasy implications of of it i i think it's just going to be status quo like i don't see much changing no and and up until this point it really hasn't you know you're still getting the same guys the lines haven't changed much the same guys are getting the power play time and and whatnot. So I don't. Nothing has really changed. Maybe we see something in the next few weeks where it's like Devore putting his stamp on it. But I don't know. They're similar kind of styles. They're both offensive coaches. So we'll see. We'll see. Anthony Sorelli had a nice hat trick Friday night. 
Yeah, Sorelli's the guy I really like. Actually, this week we had a question from, from one of our fans asking us to pick between Sorelli and Deneau this this year. Which, as, par, as part of a deal. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a trade request. It was part of a deal. And then he was asking us, do I send Sorelli or Deneau? And what was interesting is that we said send Sorelli instead of Deneau, which, I mean, I still stick by, even though he had this hat trick. I think Deneau matched it with like three assists. But regardless, I like Sorelli. I like him more in the years to come. But he still is very valuable this year. He's getting a bunch of ice time. And yeah, I'm, I'm an Anthony Sorelli fan. I think he, he looks great this year. Big step forward. Yeah, I can't understand why he's still 17% owned with 33 points in 47 games. Oh, there's like, some odd ones out there. That's very weird, 70% owned. Because there's a lot of depth leagues. And you'd think that he'd be picked up in all of them. Yeah, he should be. I, I know we touched on him a little bit earlier, but it's like... Blake Coleman is ranked like 45th in Yahoo League, and he's only owned 57%. Like, there's another guy. Ownership is not high enough. Yeah, uh, that's close. That's maybe right where it should be. I mean, it is Blake Coleman. He, people don't really see like a long-term thing with him, even though he does contribute across the board. Not every league is, is a bangers league, right? Yeah, I get it, but 147 shots is pretty awesome. And then if you are in a bangers league, 145 hits, 36 blocks, like that's solid. He's like three off or four off of his his career high in goals. So I, I don't know. I think 57% owned isn't isn't enough for Billy Coleman. Yeah, at least 70. Like those are solid numbers. Yeah, a lot of a lot of weird ones there. Like if you just go through the waiver wire, not even the waiver wire, just look at all players, just to check out stats and ownership and stuff, like. Sorelli and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins are basically like similar stats across the board. Nuge is seventy four percent owned. Yeah, see that's all name value right there. All all name value, exactly. Yeah, guys, pick up Sorelli. If you're in a deep league and he's on your waivers, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. And then who 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 haven't we talked about here? We haven't talked about Artemi Panarin and Alex Ovechkin. Oh my gosh, Artemi Panarin, okay, yeah. Just a couple of Russians that are lighting shit up right now. Yeah, honestly. Artemi Panarin, okay, yeah. There are nine players, nine active players in the NHL that are above a point per game. McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, Ovi, Patrick Kane, Kucherov, Stamkos, Matthews, Barely, and then it's Panarin. Yeah, he's elite. Exactly. He's elite and he deserves to be in the conversation with all of those guys. And I think up until this season, he wasn't quite there, but this is it. Like Panarin has gotten it done on multiple teams now. He is an elite player, an elite fantasy player, and he deserves the respect that all these other guys I just mentioned get. Absolutely. I remember when he broke into the league, coming over from the KHL with the Blackhawks and just unreal Unreal point totals, playing with Patrick Kane, and everyone said, "Oh, let's see how he is well, away from Kane." Like that's he's he's carrying him. I think it was a little bit of both. Now you look back, that's true. Yeah, Panarin's man, Pan- money. Panarin's the guy. He is the guy f- for the Rangers. It would be pretty cool to see the Rangers get in, and if they do, I mean, we didn't talk about Panarin on the awards show, but you'd have to to consider him for the heart, no? Yeah, you have to. He has stood above the rest of his teammates mind you i mean zibanejad has been great too but panarin's been healthy all year and and he is the catalyst on that team for sure and ovechkin ovechkin we i said it last week i said you know ovi you can't count him out of the the richard race because 
he'll just out of nowhere, he'll pot seven goals in three games, and he has eight goals in three games. And right now he's two back of David Pasternak for the league lead in goals. He is right back in it. Man, it's so fun to watch Ovi right now. He's scoring goals like on at will and breaking records. Yeah, and passing you know, guys on the list. The climb is on, and yeah, like now we have a three horse race here. Ovi Matthews Pasternak. We put out a poll on Twitter um, Saturday night there, and so far it's not quite done yet. But so far, Ovi is leading the pack to win the Rocket Richard. Um, maybe it's recency bias right there. I mean, easily Pasternak can go out and score a Hattie, and then everyone's going to go with past it. But the no, Ovi's right there, and maybe maybe he is the favorite now just because he's there. You know, you can you can count on him scoring another twenty. And can you count on Pasternak, Matthews? Like they've been cold. Ovi is consistent. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sorry, um... I shouldn't say they've been cold. Like they could go cold, is what I meant to say. But yeah, Ovi Ovi keeps it going. He's consistent. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun race to to watch in the last thirty plus games. You gotta think like it's gonna it's gonna take twenty at least, maybe twenty three, twenty four goals to win it. So. I'm excited. I, I saw a crazy stat on Twitter, actually, that I wanted to bring up, courtesy of Corey Masiak on Twitter, who writes, who covers for the covers the Devils for the Athletic, and he says Wayne Gretzky scored 217 goals from his age 30 season until the end of his career, 640 games. Ovechkin now has 217 goals si- since the start of his age 30 season, and that's 373 games. That's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. That's, that's why I want. That's why I wanted to read that stat. That's crazy. It speaks to Ovi's how well he's aging and how well he's playing. Like there's, he hasn't slowed down. Yeah, and can we trust a guy that works for the Devils to bring out stats like that? I guess we can. He's got a blue sure. check. Sure, blue check. It's legit. It's legit. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's not like it's not hard to check. You just go on Hockey DB and pull up their career stats. Yeah, no, it's true. That's that's crazy. That just goes to show you how good Ovi is, man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then I guess to another goal scorer we have to talk about, Austin Matthews, keeping up his pace. I mean, the last couple of games hasn't been the greatest, but Matthews is right there too. Yeah, still still 18 goals in his last 19 games. and But even on Thursday, he, I think he had 10 shots against David Riddick, who played ri- ridiculous. Rid- is that his nickname? No, he's Big Save Dave. But ridiculous is amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> it should be. Oh I haven't my seen gosh. I haven't seen that anywhere, but it should be. But he was he was outstanding. I think Matthew should have had like four goals in that game. Just watching the highlights. Yeah, he's shooting a bunch right now. I have him in a league, and every night it's just like seven, eight shots. Matthews Matthews will be kicking around there. He uh, I think this past game, the Leafs just in general were excited to go golfing during the break. So yeah, I heard a few of them are playing at Augusta National and. Oh, I, I would be thinking about that, too, during my game. Oh, man. Yeah. What I would give to tee him up on that course. I'm just thinking about it now. And I'm and I'm choking on this podcast, yeah, so could you imagine? Yeah, you're thrown off. Yeah, wow. I'm not, I feel like I haven't had a good show so far. You know, I've been a little choppy here. I think you're a little bit hard on yourself. You've been good. You think? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna turn it up this next like half or however how long we go. I'm gonna be fire. I'm gonna be good. <sighs> Stretch it out. Okay, 
Okay, give me a fire take on Dominic Kubalik. Dominic Kubalik. Okay, let me let me let me spit some fire here with Kubalik. Kubalik is he This is oh, tough. God. Yeah, this is tough. T- 20 goals, 20 goals for the rookie which leads all rookies. Yeah, hello Kubalik. Everybody knows his name now. This guy, he's been consistent for like three weeks and just tearing it up. And everyone's like, when is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? He looks good out there. Like he's playing with elite players. He batted a puck out of midair last night and scored a beauty. Like this guy can play. Honestly, if he's available in your league right now, you go and you pick him up because this hot streak he's on, it's been, he's been on it for a little while. It's going to stop. Like, it is going to stop. But until it does, like, roll with them. Let's go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that wasn't still wasn't great. But <laughs> So we, on the award show, we talked all about Makar and Hughes, how the Calder was between them. Ken Kubalik, who I guess we're saying his name right now. Do you see him getting into the mix? Absolutely not. I don't. Um, I think Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr have been consistent since night one of the NHL season starting, and Kubalik was invisible for the first uh, couple months. So I, I like the hot streak, but I don't. Maybe it's good enough to get him into third. You know, just get a mention, get a get a nomination, get a nom. Yeah, but I don't think he's got any chance to be honest. Would we'll see agree? if he if 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 he keeps this heater going for another ten fifteen games. There will be that chatter floating around. Yeah, I think Chicago just, like, they get hot, and then people pay attention to Taves, Kane, and now Kubalik because they're on a roll. And then they'll go on, like, a five, six-game losing streak where those guys will be very quiet, and then people just, will just forget about them. That's kind of what they are right now. Yeah, they, they just can't, can't really sustain, sustain it over, like, a month. No, it's not. But speaking of the Hawks, we should talk about the Leonard... Crawford's situation how that affects fantasy like Leonard's right in saying you know he's ready for his big contract he's earned it and he has Leonard's been great that's two years in a row now Uh, it's a great story it's really nice to see Leonard doing what he's doing but I mean if you're a Leonard owner or if you're a guy looking for a a full-time goalie next year like Leonard might be the place to look I don't know where he's gonna land but he deserves a long-term contract somewhere yeah, and Leonard was proving that last year wasn't just the product of playing behind a good team with the Islanders. He's got a 9.23 save percentage. He's 14 and 7 with with Chicago. Like that has, he's not, he's not playing in front of, behind a good team or a great team in Chicago, I should say. If you could go pick him up in a fantasy league, Mike, just do you think there's a chance that he gets traded? Yeah, see, that's the other interesting thing. It's like Chicago's probably not going to make the playoffs. And yeah, so they have the decision to make, like, because they're not far out. They still, they still got their eyes set on it. You know, they're talking about it in the room, saying we got to win these games because we're only whatever five, six points out. Yeah, so maybe Leonard, like, honestly, it's rare to see a goalie go at the trade deadline. But you, you never know what injuries come up or if teams want to bolster their goaltending. So yeah, yeah, maybe Leonard doesn't have as great fantasy value um, as he will next year, but. Yeah, no, I, I like Leonard a lot, actually. I think he's one of the best goalies in the league. Oh, that's bold. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, you know. Got, he's been through a lot, which leaves Crawford the net if that happens next year. An uh, aging Crawford. An aging Crawford. So I don't know what they do. 
it's a kind of similar situation to like Holtby. You know, Backstrom got signed this week to a pretty hefty contract. So, like, where does that leave Holtby? Is Samsonov the the goalie for Washington next year? That's an interesting conversation as well. Well, I, I think the Backstrom signing is the writing on the wall for Holtby because they've even said, like, they've been asked about it over there. Like, how are you guys going to fit Holtby in now? And they said, we're going to have to get creative, which for me is just code for he's not signing here. I, uh, he could like I could see a situation where they sign him to a one or two year contract, but is Holtby really gonna take a no, backseat to Holtby, Samsonov? No, he deserves to cash in. Yeah, Big he does time. absolutely, and he's still not. He's not an old goaltender. He's still really good. Okay, maybe he's not having a great season, but I I could really see Holtby bouncing back next year and like being in the in the Vesna conversation. I think he's that good and, and regardless of where it is, like he can be there. So, you know, it's an interesting situation. Like what if Holtby ends up on San Jose, you know? Like that could put them right back in the picture. So yeah, I'm not completely set, done with this guy. If you own Holtby in like a keeper league, he's not completely dead in the water. Like he can have some serious value next year. Yeah, I mean he's hurting He's hurting his value this year in terms of what he's going to get paid just because he hasn't been playing that well. But, yeah, I think he's still got a ton of game left. He's only 30 years old. I mean, I could see him still having another good three, four years at least. So, he's, you know, he's going to be looking for a maybe five, six. You know, I mean, he'll be looking for as many years as he can get, but he'll probably get like a five, six-year deal somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, the goalie carousel will be interesting with uh... – with some of these younger guys coming up and, and making an impact, like Shosturkin, Samsonov, um, you got Leonard moving. There's a bunch of situations. So, yeah, a lot of leagues, they won't need to decide their keepers until, like, closer to where the season starts. And by then, you'll know where these goalies land. So it's a good it's a good little thing to keep your eye on. Yeah. And we should mention, too, Corey Crawford is also a UFA next year, not just Robin Leonard. Wow. So, yeah, Stan Bowman's got to decide there what – what they want to do and like maybe they keep Leonard and say okay we have a chance of making the playoffs let's keep our better goal and maybe they trade Crawford if they're not planning on re-signing him he is 35 years old maybe and he does have a like his track record with the club where it's like we owe this guy and he deserves it which could you know kind of spell some trouble for them but if they're willing to do that they're willing to do that right yeah same sort of issue they have right now in, with the Rangers yeah and you're right the Rangers we mentioned them last week so Another situation to, to keep an eye on. Man, you know, that Leonard take, if, yeah, I, I'm good now. That Leonard take brought me back to life. <laughs> I feel good. I'm rolling now. Thank you, Leonard. Mike's back. Mike's back. Okay, and one guy we haven't touched on, Zach Smith. We're not going to touch on him. So let's keep moving on. He's a good little player, Zach Smith. The, the fantasy player of the Knights will be a rarity, though, for sure. Absolutely, they will be. He's lucky to be playing on a light night. So, Zach Smith, take your honor and run with it. You will not be getting Fantasy Player of the Year. <laughs> okay, before we get to some big injuries here, any other players you want to touch on? Well, no, we ran through the Fantasy Players of the Night. Um, yeah, just a quick hit. I want to talk about um, Connor Garland and Clayton Keller. There's an interesting thing going on in Arizona where Garland has landed on the top line with Dvorak and Hall and playing really well. And not only that, he's playing on the top power play unit too. 
and he's kicked Keller off of it, which is really interesting. And, and Garland's performing. So if you're in need of some help, some winger help, Connor Garland is a good place to look. He has 28 points on the season and uh, six points in his last four games. Yeah, that move is paying dividends for him. If he can hold on to a spot on that top line playing next to an elite player in Taylor Hall, he's got some value. And 116 shots, not too shabby. So Connor Garland, a good short-term place to look. Yeah. And we can do a couple more quick hits here just to give a quick nod to guys who are playing very well. Jonathan Taves has 12 points in his last five games, 68% owned. So ownership should probably be a little higher. He's still playing well, Taves is. Connor Brown has six points in his last three games, three straight games of a goal and assist, and he gets a ton of ice time. He's only 4% owned, Connor Brown. Yeah, mentioned him a bunch of times on this podcast. Connor Brown is a decent place to look for you know short-term points like just a guy you need to fill a spot on the roster if somebody gets injured or something Connor Brown is not like you could do worse than Connor Brown and he gets the respect in Ottawa to get some ice time so yeah a good little nod there and Jonathan Taves the the you know the the you brought up that he has 12 points in his last five games and it brings up a little bit of a conversation here that I want to talk about so Taves is a perfect example of a guy who is producing above expectation. Yeah, he's performing above expectations right now. And it brings up a conversation about keeper leagues and what to do with like injured players. I know we've both been faced this in our league where it's like you got to go for it. You're, you're around this, the top of the standings and you need to stay competitive. So injuries like Gensel, for example, out for the season... Uh, Dougie Hamilton, who we saw this week, probably out for the year. Well, no, maybe not quite, but he's out for a while. Olofsson, we touched on last week, out for a while. So in these situations where you're in a keeper league and you own guys who are going to be out for a long time and they're going to hurt the performance of your team because you're trying to compete now, there's always a trade to be made, right? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We got a, a tweet from, I think it was Tom on Twitter, who was telling us about how he's in first place, but... He's just dealing with a a whole whack of injuries. He has Rask, Hamilton, Gensel, I think maybe even Ryan Ellis too. And he's like, I'm in first place. Like, what do I do? And and I was saying this to him, like, there's it's a keeper league. So that's that's the important thing. It, he said it's a keeper league. So in a keeper league, there are trades to be made there. You have to find the guys who are out of it and just make make the deal make sense for them. Like I did it myself this week, because I have Gensel as well in our keeper league. And I didn't have to trade him this year because his contract still had another year on it. But I'm in contention. I'm only a few points out of first in the division. So I thought, you know, I, I like I need a spot here. So any any deal makes sense for me because I'm getting a player in return who can put up, say, a point per game. I traded Gensel for Kyle Connor and I lost a round of the draft. I moved down from a third to a fourth. So I picked up a guy in Connor who is a point per game, and, and I'm not losing anything off my roster to get that. So the deal for, makes sense for me there, which I don't like Gensel for Connor straight up if they're both healthy. I think Gensel's a little bit better. But, I mean, the deal makes sense for the owner who gets Gensel, right? Yes, 100% it does. And that's why you know we're saying there are always deals to be made. It makes sense for both teams. If that guy's out of it, he's getting a player who's a little bit better, I think, in Gensel than Connor. But right, kinda, even, even if they're close, even if they're very close, like we, we like Gensel a little bit more than Connor, but even if he doesn't, even if he thinks that, they're exactly the same. You're getting Jake Gensel. 
he is interested in getting a top pick next year, right? Because we don't, it's not a snake draft. So he picks, if he gets first pick, he picks first in every round, which is an advantage there. So he sort of wants to tank. So he doesn't mind getting Gensel, throwing him on the IR. He moves up around in the draft. So it makes sense for both for both managers. It's it, those deals are sort of tough to find sometimes, but they're out there yeah. and they're, they're key. They're key in keeper league, especially if you're in contention and you have injuries. Yeah, and it works out for him too because he now replaces Connor with a guy who's injured, which means you know a lesser player is going to fill into that role, and he's not trying to win. He's trying. Yeah, it to just t- continue. It just helps the tank in another way. Exactly. So no, that's a good. Uh, it's a good trade for both of you. You mentioned something about snaking. And in keeper leagues, guys, if you're in a keeper league and your draft snakes, it really doesn't make any sense to me anyway. Like, why are yeah. you why are you even, evening out your draft? The guys who finish at the top of the league should have less of an advantage than the guys who finish at the bottom of the league. Because, I mean, we're all in the keeper leagues, and, and a lot of guys listening to this will agree that the same kind of guys are usually at the top of the, of the leaderboard. So you shouldn't be giving them advantage. The advantage should go to the guy at the bottom. And not only would they be getting a higher pick, but they should be getting a higher pick every round. Imagine if the NHL draft snaked. Exactly. Like, look at the NHL draft. That's ridiculous. And and you had the cup winner drafting 31st and 32nd. Yeah. Why should he get any advantage, right? No. Exactly. And people argue, well, you know, it depends on how many guys you keep and, and, and your keeper. There's different variables for sure, but you, you hit it the, the nail on the head with the, like the root of the whole why it should be non-snaking. Yeah. I want to bring up a trade that I made this week just because, um, you know. Because thro- we're throwing trades out? Yeah, just because we're throwing trades out. So, yeah, I traded Mike Smith, Josh Morrissey, and Travis Konechny. For Varlamov, Provorov, and Brady Shea. And? Yeah, I don't even have a point to make here, honestly. I just <laughs> wanted to break. <laughs> no, you know what? I threw a couple picks his way, and he's like, he's like, I want a higher pick. And I said, no. And he goes, all right, but you got to give me a shout out on your podcast. So, Joe, if you're listening, not Joe from the bridge, another Joe. There's your shout-out. Uh, take that, and thank you for not asking for the higher pick because uh, there's your shout-out. So the podcast is actually helping you get some deals done here? Yeah. I gave, Instead of a sixth, I, had, I put a seventh. So I saved myself a round. I didn't try and use that in my deal. Hey, you know what? It presented itself to me. I didn't, I didn't use it. All right. All right, let's get to some key injuries here, Michael. Dougie Hamilton... Yeah. That was a, oh, that was tough to watch. Yeah, that was a tough one. A tough injury to, to visibly see. And tough injury for Dougie Hamilton. You know, it sucks for the guys who own him. But, like, it sucks for him. Like, having a career year, it sucks for, really, the NHL, like, fantasy hockey, NHL universe. Because you never want to see a guy having a career year like that go down. It's just, it's it's deflating. Yeah. On pace for 70-plus points. Like, he was just going to shatter all his career totals. and Oh, man. It sucks for him. Sucks for fantasy owners. Sucks for the fans. Sucks for the team. Uh, just just plain sucks. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, I, I actually got – I traded him in our pool, like, a week before he this happened. So, whew, dodged that one. But what was I going to say? Hold on. You're getting distracted because you're always – patting yourself on the back no but you know like it's 
it stinks because I don't know. It kind of smells like the Dumba injury last year, where Dumba was having just an unreal year. He had twelve goals in like thirty something games, I think, right? Yeah. And out for the year, and then he came back this year, and like, look, like he's just been garbage. So like. I don't know. Certain injuries can kind of derail players. I'm really hoping this doesn't happen to Dougie. And regardless of how long he's out, he comes right back and starts producing the way he was. Yeah, the the concern will have to be there next year. But let's talk about the Canes and how they're going to fill this hole on defense and who's going to get the bumps fantasy-wise. Okay, well, first of all, we should bring up Justin Williams is expected to return to the lineup tonight on a Sunday night. That'll be a nice little bump for them. Yeah, it'll be a room. nice little bump. If if you want a, a pickup, I like always picking up guys for the story. He might get a goal tonight. I we said last week we don't love him long term rest of the season, and I think we're we're both sticking with that. But yeah, but yeah well, Williams cheap DFS player tonight. Yes, he is cheap. Not DFS. that that's gonna help because this is coming out tomorrow. Okay, but in terms of fantasy implications for Dougie Hamilton. We've seen one game since the injury, and Jacob Slavin has slid right into his role on that top power play unit. So bump to bump to Slavin, and they yeah. love him there too. Absolutely, like it's not it's not Gardner, it's Slavin. And yeah. uh, well, they they lo- don't like. I I saw a report. I don't I don't even know how true it is, but apparently they're trying to shop Gardner right now. Yeah, and it's yeah. not going well. He hasn't been a good fit for Gardsy. No, he's dealing with, with the back concerns, too, that plagued him in Toronto. And five power play goals last year for Jacob Slavin, and none this year. So, actually, no power play points at all. So, you can expect a few. Could be a, a nice little add there, Jacob Slavin. Yep. So, yeah, Slavin is a good guy to slide in there if you're looking for replacement for Dougie. We'll see how he fares, but that's that. Um, sticking with defenseman injuries, Morgan Riley, eight weeks. Yeah, another tough one. Owners won't be too shook up because Riley sort of the production took a big time dip when Barry was given the reins on that top unit. So it's it's not it's not the, the end of the world. You could stash him on the IR. He'll be back. He'll probably play a the last couple weeks of the season. Could get you some help there, but um, yeah, he's gonna have to be replaced in the meantime. Yeah, and and so far we've seen him replaced by Maple Leaf top prospect Rasmus Sandin called up he had two assists in his first game and Riley's spot on that second power play unit and I could see him kind of filling his um his power play time while Riley's out but we'll see what happens there like uh, he's got nine games played right now one more and that burns the first first year of his entry-level contract is he gonna play another one yeah he looks pretty good yeah so uh you can conceivably assume that Sandine could take Riley's points in the meantime because Riley really wasn't producing. producing yeah, not, not, nothing to get nothing to get too excited about, though. I mean, that top unit plays most of every power play, so Sandine isn't going to get too much time. He'll probably sprinkle in an assist here and there, but you probably want to look elsewhere. You know, maybe use that use that spot to stream defensemen every week, pick up hits and blocks and stuff like that. Yeah. But moving on, some more injuries. Tuka Rask has a concussion. Yeah, you look right at Halak for this, and if you weren't lucky enough to have the tandem, you got to look elsewhere. But ideally, you had the tandem to cuff yourself for problems like this. Hopefully, Rask isn't out too, too long, but Halak could shoulder that load no problem while he's out. Yeah, another goalie injury, Carter Hart, two to three weeks. 
Yeah, expect the Flyers to just get by with uh, Elliot and Leon. Hopefully, or Alex Leon, 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 Leons. Well, yeah. So they'll just get by with those two guys for a couple weeks, waiting for Hart. Um, if you really need a spot start, those guys will be on waivers, so shouldn't have too big of a deal there. Um, Aaron Dell could be a, a short-term replacement for these guys at 15% owned. If you really need the help, you don't have the other goalies on your team to step in. 15% yeah. owned, getting a lot of starts there. Uh, the last two have been pretty rough, but you know San Jose will win some games. They're not a horrible team, just having a bad year. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up San Jose because I wanted to talk about Brent Burns, man. Like, you know, actually the report just came out that he's been playing through a shoulder injury and like thank you for for letting us know that because he's been terrible. He hasn't been the Burns that everybody had drafted and like if you look at his time on ice, like Carlson is owning the power play time there. Like it's actually frustrating to watch San Jose games because Burns is just a way better hockey player than Eric Carlson is. And the power play time, like, I think last game Carlson had two minutes, Burns had zero. So, I don't know, it's just it's just frustrating if you're a Burns owner and this injury is more like, I don't know, validation that your pick wasn't bad. It's just Burns, he's dealing with something. So hopefully he takes the break to heal that and he comes back to what we know and love from Burns. But it's been ugly so far. It's sort it's sort of a relief, isn't it, to see that he has been dealing with something and it's not just like a a drop off sort of thing. Yeah, in a way, but at the end of the day, like I, well, need I mean, your points, you're, you're not you're not happy either way. But if you have him in a keeper league and he's not going anywhere, then I mean, it's not horrible to see. Like all the teams are getting a break now. There's the bye weeks and all star break and stuff. So maybe he comes back and starts throwing up some points. Maybe, hopefully, but unlikely. Okay, okay other injuries. William Carlson week to week, Kyle Palmieri left foot injury, and uh, Miro Heiskanen's got a concussion. None of the fantasy implications are crazy here. You know, maybe Lindell takes Heiskanen's spot on the second power play unit, but Carlson and Palmieri, there are replacements on their on their teams. So nothing too in depth to say about that. All right, moving along here, Anth, let's get to some questions. Okay, but first, I want to talk to you guys about our sponsor, GT Radial, and the new GT Radial Champiro Touring Tire. It's an all-season touring tire designed for the latest passenger cars and crossover vehicles. It combines precise handling and control with a quiet and comfortable ride. Backed by a 100,000-kilometer limited warranty, the new Champiro Touring also delivers great mileage for outstanding value. Yeah, great tire. Okay, Anth, question time. Let's let's keep it going here. All right. We got our first question here from at Ensanimal. Ensanimal on Twitter. He says, which defenseman playing this year will have the big breakout next year for Dynasty Leagues? So I assume he's looking at depth here. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a bit of a loaded question because there could be... It just doesn't necessarily mean that you're a rookie, right? Like, a guy like Provorov... Well, yeah, he's just looking, of, for a, looking for a breakout. I assume from a from a guy whose ownership is low, like, not like a Darlene, right? Because we could easily say Darlene's going to go have a massive year next year. It's Provorov. only a matter of time, but yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah let's, let's look at the deeper guys. Guys who Dynasty League owners would be looking at. Okay, so... If we're looking at that, then then it narrows the list down to a few guys for me. Of course, this goes into account that these players 
would all have a pathway to, you know, a significant amount of power play time. So in saying that, I like Vili Hainola for the Winnipeg Jets. He looked good in the first, his first eight games. I think he played a lot of them being in the year. And I got my eye on him next year to maybe take a step, hopefully a full-time role in the NHL. And he can conceivably slot into the top power play unit. I mean, Neil Pionk has been good. But Hainola is a guy that I definitely have my eye on there. Yeah, another guy, Adam Boakvist. We're seeing a lot of him in Chicago right now. He's on the top power play right now. And as he continues to grow, you know, he's a high pick for Chicago. He's another guy. Opportunity there. And the Islanders, Noah Dobson, seeing a bit of him now. The Islanders don't really have a consistent power play guy. They've been using Devin Taze a lot, Ryan Pulak, Nick Letty, not as much as they were last year, but Noah Dobson could be a player that takes a step next year. And then we mentioned in Toronto, Rasmus Sandin. Toronto, I think, only has one or two of their six defensemen signed through next year. Is that right? Right. So, yeah, Rasmus Sandin is going to be relied on to take a regular spot in that lineup. And if he could see power play time, like, you know, Barry's on the top unit now. It's not going to be Barry next year, most likely. So, I don't know, maybe Sandin finds his way on there. And he could be a guy that could potentially have a big breakout. Yeah, so Anth, do you have anyone to add there? Uh, that's a good list. One guy whose name I want to mention, but he's more of a just a deep sleeper here because he's played 202 games in the NHL. It's Derek Pouliot, and he hasn't had his big break. He was highly touted coming in, offensive defenseman and all that. He has 31 points in 38 games for San Antonio. That's St. Louis's affiliate. Uh, and maybe, maybe next year, that's something to monitor if he gets the opportunity. He is a guy who can produce on the back end. So just just a guy to keep an eye on, especially with Petrangelo's contract coming up this year. And if he signs elsewhere, Pouliot could be a guy they look to for offense from on the power play, say. Yeah, not a bad one there because, you know, defensemen, they could break out later on in their careers, like late 20s. So another question here from at F0, that's written out, 0, 2245. If slash when Kemper returns for Arizona, do I keep Elvis? Or do I keep Dell? Hashtag goalie dilemma. Don't need to spend too much time here. It's Elvis for sure. He probably already knows it. Next, at Patrick underscore Neron. Any chance Kravtsov makes the squad next year and has an impact? Thanks, guys. That's Vitaly Kravtsov, prospect for the New York Rangers. Eth, you think he makes the team and makes an impact? For next year, I, I don't... I don't not sure I see Kravtsov cracking the lineup and... And having a regular spot. He has six points in 19 games this year with Hartford in the AHL. And, he, I mean, he's still very young. They, they don't need to rush him there. They are rebuilding. I know that the Rangers are, they look like a pretty good team. And the rebuild is kind of fast-tracked. But, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it next year. I think it, it'll be a couple years before, before he cracks the lineup and starts to produce at the NHL level. Okay, and next question, at YC06 underscore insider. What's your feeling on making a rookie a keeper? In a deep league like ours, we are in a pool together, grats, yes. Even if he wasn't highly rated but is having a great year, would you keep a rookie? Um, for example, Dominic Kubelik. First of all, grats, 
I don't appreciate you using this as a forum for us helping you against us. That really doesn't make much sense to me. But anywho, the answer is no. I would not recommend keeping a guy like Kubalik because you can just get him in the draft. Like, if you see that, okay, nobody's really going to pick this guy this that high, like, and my first pick, he'll be there. Yeah, you should just pick him if you really like him that much. Pick him in the first round. But even then, you won't really have to do that. It depends on who it is. I don't think Kubalik is a big enough name to get taken that early or kept for that matter. Um, do I think a guy like Kakbo, for example, or Hughes, if you're talking rookies like that, then yeah, they're worth keeping because they have a ceiling that's a lot higher than a guy like Kubalik is. So it, it's, it's obviously situational, but like in this case, for your example, Kubalik, no, I would not keep Well, him. it depends on a couple things. It does depend on your team and your key. Like sometimes you just don't have a choice if your keepers aren't that strong. But more importantly than that, it's it's uh, it's what you touched on. Yeah, it's like that's the general rule of thumb. Just look at your team and think about how they'd get drafted and in what order. And if you think that the guy that you want to keep will probably get taken in the second round, then there you go. Don't keep him because you can get him back. You need to keep the guys who you won't get back. Correct, Amondo. Yeah, that's it there. Thanks for the questions, guys. Let's look at the week ahead, Mike. Not much of a week ahead with all the bye weeks and the All-Star break coming. Only nine games will be played. Yeah, two games on Monday, five on Tuesday, and another two on Wednesday. So there's really not too much there. But if you're in a Yahoo pool, it counts this coming week as two weeks because obviously three days for a matchup is ridiculous. So <laughs> imagine if it didn't count both. Oh weeks. my gosh, be a, just like I got, I got four man games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It comes down to Luke Glenn Benning for me. Oh my gosh. So yeah, ideally you're 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 using a move for this short little three days here, and you're picking up a player that plays twice. There are only four teams that play twice: Detroit, Florida, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. And good for you. There are a lot of options on those teams. So. Shall we get into those options? We shall. <laughs> okay, so of the four teams, the schedule I like the most is Minnesota. They're the only team that plays any home games of the four, and they're both at home. They play Florida on Monday, and then they play Detroit on Wednesday. Bunch of options here. There's Eric Stahl, Zach Parise, Matt Zuccarello, Jason Zucker, Kevin Fiala, and Jared Spurgeon. All are not highly owned and they all could be available for you this week. Yeah, Detroit has two games you mentioned. They're in Colorado and in Minnesota. Uh, nothing to love about Detroit's schedule, no matter who they play. They only have 12 wins on the season. But that said, there's still players that can help you out. Of course, it's fantasy hockey. Tyler Bertuzzi is 45% owned. Philip Pronick, who contributes across the board and picks up some points, is 29% owned. And Robbie Fabry, who's been still pretty good since coming over to Detroit, is only 7% owned, which I feel should be higher because he's got the opportunity and he has been producing at a pretty good clip. 22 points in 32 games with Detroit. So for, for me, I mean, when we're talking depth leagues, that's pretty good and it should be better than 7% owned. Yeah, I agree with you there. Next, the Jets, they play twice as well. Not a lot of options from the Jets uh, because most of their players are prolific and 
they are owned. So I'm looking at Adam Lowry here. He's has an opportunity right now. He's playing on the second line, and he can get you shots, hits, and hopefully mix in a few points. So not a bad option for a Tuesday-Wednesday lineup this week. Yeah, and then there's Florida, who's in Minnesota and then in Chicago. Uh, Noel Achari's 24% owned. Frankie Vitrano is 17% owned. And Brett Connolly, who has 29 points, is 13% owned. Okay, so yeah, there's. I think we've agreed we're not going to do a battle of the bargains this week because it's only three days. But if you had to pick one guy of all of these to pick up this week, who would you pick up? Uh, if I was picking one guy, I would go with Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually thinking the same same team. I would have went with like Zucker. Honestly, Minnesota's got the best schedule of the of the four teams. So yeah, pick up a uh, player from the Wild. They just pumped Dallas seven nothing. So hopefully they can keep up their scoring ways and produce for you on these three days before the All Star break. Yeah, it's that game versus Detroit that excites me. Yeah, that's uh, that's could be point could be. before the All Star break. Be. Okay, yes, and speaking of All-Star, we're going to do something a little interesting this week. I mentioned we're not going to do Battle of the Bargains because it's only three days. So we will update you on the score next week because there's a lot of games tonight. We're recording on Sunday morning. There's a lot of games tonight Yeah, but and this afternoon. Between the two of us, sorry, go ahead. That'll determine who wins this week. But yes, between the two of us, you're up 2-1? I am up. Yeah, Kevin Hayes has a goal and an assist. And your pick, Dominic Cahoon, has just an assist, but plays tonight. So I need him to either, if he gets one assist, that'll still be fine on the tiebreaker. So we'll see. If if Hayes can hold on here, it's 8-5-U. But uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll throw the update out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for that post on Instagram. But in terms of everyone, we had Kubalik was picked, who has five points. Jordan Eberly. Has five points as well, correct? Who was also picked. Yep, and Anthony Beauvillier. So we have a bit of a dogfight for the Battle of the Bargains winner this week. It's coming down to tonight. So again, we'll update you guys on that next week. Yeah, so no Battle of the Bargains this week, but we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to do a Battle of the All-Stars to spice up the All-Star game a little bit because there are zero fantasy implications. Everybody's got their take on how to make the All-Star game better. Well, we're going to do our part here. We're going to do Battle of the Stars, and the winner of Battle of the All-Stars will get a prize. We'll attach a prize to it. So how this is going to work is that on Instagram, well, we're going to put our picks in right now, but then on Instagram, you can pick, or Twitter, whatever we decide. Both. (laughs) We can throw it out on both. You guys pick one player who you think will get the most points in the All-Star game. That's the whole little mini three-on-three tournament they do. And if that player has the most points, you win the prize. Simple as that. So it's a total crapshoot. It's the All-Star game. You have no idea who's who's going to perf- – like remember John Scott had that, <laughs> had that big performance. He won the car and everything. That was amazing. So total crapshoot. It gives you a guy to cheer for on any other team. So you know, don't pick a team. Don't pick a player from your favorite team. Yeah, no. Let's have some fun with it. That doesn't matter, obviously. You want to do our picks right now? Our picks won't count towards the uh, towards the prize. No, but we'll, let's just, yeah, do let's just throw a guy out there. See who can get more points between us. Yeah, you go ahead first. I will go with a defenseman. I'll go Roman Yossi. 
Oh, that's a good one. I, I like that one. I am going to stick in the West, but I'm going to go with Max Pacioretty to just keep his great season going. And I think the All-Star game is going to go well for him. What the hell? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, no, this will be fun. This will this will be fun for sure, and we'll um, we'll let you guys know. Um, so we will definitely attach a prize to it, but we just we're gonna see what we're gonna attach. We'll make it a nice little prize, and we'll put that up when we put the post. Yeah. Okay then. Okay, F. With that, anything else you want to add? No, no. It's um, it's gonna be a bit of a quieter week, which sucks, but the All Star Game's fun. And uh, we will be back next week. I may not be on next week, so you may be doing the show with uh, Brian or Joe. We'll see. We'll see. Whoever pays me more to have them on. Yeah. Start their bids. Start their bids. Okay, thanks for joining us as always, guys, and good luck in your pools. Yep. Take care, guys.